allow nothing to be in your life that you cannot walk out on in 30 seconds flat if you spot the heat around the corner. Remember that? Welcome to Cocktail Cinema. I am your first favorite bartender, your third favorite author, Josh Price. I'm here with the standard crew. Boys, introduce yourselves. Greg here, your lovable fuzzy bear. What up, guys? It's Shasky. I'm doing some work behind the mixing boards tonight. Good to have you with us. This is going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to this. So tonight, we we watched the movie Heat. And in preparation for that, I have thrown together a uh, a drink called a Heat Wave. I applaud you for not just bringing Fireball and taking it to you, bartender. I did, I did a little bit of thinking, a little bit of research. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is something I've, I've made a couple of times, but I've never actually had it. So this will be a new one for me as well. This one looks the most appetizing for me because I'm a screwdriver guy. So I think I think like this This is going to be up your, up your alley. So your what we've got is um, in a highball glass, you've got uh, an ounce and a half of Malibu, uh, about a half ounce of peach schnapps, and equal parts OJ and pineapple juice. And if you want, you can throw some uh, some grenadine in there. Ooh, I didn't today. Fiery bottom. Yeah, it looks real sexy with the grenadine. It was just sort of looked like a. It, it makes it really something. really <laughs> sweet. And this is a real juicy drink anyway. Mm. But you can make it either way. Love so, cheers, cheers, gentlemen. Cheers, cheers, cheers here. That's a whole lot of glass. <laughs> Right. I'm not a big coconut guy, but it kills that tartness. Mm-hmm. It kind of softens the the pineapple juice. And it's kind of like a morning drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and you can tell why I didn't put like the a, put the grenadine in it. Oh, yeah. Like if it if you were to chug this with the grenadine, that's a yeah. stomachache waiting to happen. Still not bad though. Oh, that's good. I mean, it's almost like a almost a pina colada. In, in profile there. But Ooh. decent drink, decent yeah. drink. Not bad, not bad. Um, so like I said, we, we watched Heat this week. And before we get started, I got a couple of behind the scenes things to, uh, to throw out there. And this movie was released in 1995. It had a budget of $60 million and it made a gross worldwide uh, return of $187 million. Uh, which for the '90s was pretty respectable. Mm-hmm. Um, with the cast, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's you. I don't think you could make this movie with this cast for that amount of money anymore. Um, but the story is is mostly based on a chase from the 1960s. Um, it was a criminal named Macaulay. <clears throat> pardon me. And he was chased by Chicago PD, and it ended in a shootout. Um, so the the original heist, like the truck, that's more or less based on on fact. <laughs> um, the coffee shop scene is almost a word for word recreation of what actually happened. So <laughs> apparently there was uh, there was a heist in '61, and PD didn't quite have enough to hook these guys, but they knew the main guy, the Macaulay, was out of jail and he was back on the take. So they were they were keeping tabs on him, and. Uh, in 64, they had a botched, uh, a botched heist that ended in a shootout, and 
in that situation, however, Macaulay actually actually was killed in the shootout. Hmm. So for the most part, this movie follows the actual storyline up mm. until the shootout. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Greg, do you have uh, you have the cast in front of you? you I run, do. I do. That a, real quick? A, I'll run through it fast. There's a ton of people. A lot of them are household names. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert De Niro, um, Al Pacino, Val Kilmer, Ashley Judd, Amy Brenneman, mm-hmm. Natalie Portman, Diane Venora, Tom Sizemore, John Voight, it's a lovely character in this one, mm-hmm. Ted Levine, Wes Studi, McKelty Williamson, which is Bubba from Forrest Gump, if you guys yeah, don't know. <laughs> yeah. William Fitcher, Dennis Haysbert, which is State Farm Insurance Man. Are you in good hands? Yeah, are you in good hands? <laughs> Kevin Gage, Danny Trejo, Tom Noonan, which I noticed this guy from The Last Action Hero. He played Jack the Ripper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hank Azaria. Henry Rollins makes a bulky appearance. Fuckers yoked in this movie. (laughs) Xander Berkeley. And Jeremy Piven's also in there for a little bit, too. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just some of the bigger names. I mean, there's quite a few other ones, but. Yeah, star-studded event, this movie, for well, sure. Well, it's, it's crazy. Like, with the exception of Natalie Portman, most of these people were well into their careers. Like, for Portman, I think Jeez, she, had, yeah. she had already done... Was she in Leon? The Professional? Yeah. Leon? Before this? Yeah. Or around this time? Right around, it was around, say, I'm not sure if it was before. Maybe 14 or something mm-hmm. in this movie, right around. Maybe even yeah. yeah, and then obviously this is four years before Star Wars for her. Hmm. But everybody else, I mean, fuck, Pacino's... 23 years out from The Godfather. He's a household name. Yeah. De Niro's been around for ages at this Bobby point. Leon, Leon came out in 94, so... Okay, so... Was, yeah. And, like, great movie. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, this being her... Essentially her second big film. Right. I mean, she, she definitely proved she belongs mm-hmm. on the screen mm-hmm. with them. Um, so, all that said... I'm going to give a, we're, we're going to add a new segment tonight and see how she plays. Uh, we're going to do what we're like calling a speed fiddle. review. Now, y'all know me. I do nothing quickly. <laughs> so we'll see how fast I can actually do this. <clears throat> Got my notes in front of me. Get your banjo. So this movie starts out with uh, Robert De Niro and his crew. They rob a, or they knock over a, um, an armored car. And after that, Al Pacino uh, is the lead detective on the investigation. Um, the, the guards for the armored car were not supposed to be killed in the original plan, but there's this wild card who's on De Niro's crew who kills one of them, and they Wayne have to kill Grow. the other two, Wayne Grow. And that's kind of what sets everything in motion, because De, <clears throat> De Niro has to make the call to, get, to kill the other two. Uh, and then Pacino realizes that this is their first slip up and he, he's able to start connecting some dots. So as the crew, as De Niro's crew, uh, meets up, uh, after the, after the fact to talk money, uh, and, and where they go from there, um, they decide they're going to wrap up loose, loose ends and they're going to kill Wayne Grow or slick. Uh, dick. he gets away, uh, cause the, the guys are distracted by a cop car. And then uh, the movie pretty quickly introduces uh, a main theme for uh, a few of the characters. So Val Kilmer and Al Pacino's characters both have some marital troubles. Their jobs, uh, obviously Kilmer as a, as a professional criminal and gambler and Pacino as a detective. Um, it's kind of wreaking havoc on their, their marriages because they're more in love with the job. 
Which and is pretty uh, standard issue for police. And yeah, people. I mean, not yeah. everybody, but I mean, like, in, in real life, yeah. you, you've you've got a much higher. And he touches on it too. He's like, I don't mm-hmm. want to come home and tell you about the three, yeah three dead bodies I mm-hmm. got on Sunset Boulevard or whatever it was. You know, it's it's tough. It's yeah. tough on both ends. It and for sure, for sure, um, it's it it does handle those situations rather rather. We can talk about that later. So, um, speed, no, you're good. Speed round. I, got I forgot. A, I got a clock ticking on me. <laughs> um, and De Niro is kind of the foil for those two characters because De Niro at the beginning of the story doesn't have a love interest. Um, and he, through the first act of this film, he kind of recognizes that, you know, his life of non-attachment isn't quite as fulfilling as he wants it to be. So, you know, that's, that's something that he, uh, is, is starting to weigh on his mind and he meets this girl at a bookstore or he, a girl who works at a bookstore. They hit it off and they, they hook up. And, um, it's much like our theme from last week, a desperado. Yeah, yeah. Bookstore love. That's yeah, true. Yeah. We've got, and there's a, there's a, the second connection between last week's episode is Trejo and the bookstore mm-hmm, girl, <laughs> <laughs> the gunman in the bookstore yep, girl. Yep. What a trope. Um, so at this point, Al Pacino starts hunting down some leads and starts uh, shaking down his his uh, informants, and at the same time, De Niro and his crew are recruited to do a bank job. And they're a little, they're a little trepidatious because bank jobs are a little more, uh, leave you a little more vulnerable. But in the end, they they do take the job. Um, but they've got to do something before then. Uh, they got they have another job before they they hit the bank. Um, so after after agreeing to the to the bank job, De Niro kind of talks to Val Kilmer and his his wife about their issues. Kind of introduces him to the new job, and. You know, just just kind of sets himself up as not necessarily the father figure of the group, but definitely the older brother. He's definitely the leader mm-hmm. through and through. So he's he's definitely you see he's invested in his in his team's lives, um, and so they in the original heist when they knocked over that armored truck, what they had stolen were bearer bonds, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, I think so along the lines of twelve million or something. No, that's the bank job. So the first okay. one was one point seven million, I think. Um, so, uh, De Niro, uh, sets up a, a meet to collect their, their payment and Henry Rollins and his boss, uh, Van Zandt. I can't remember that actor's name, but he's, he's a villain in everything, yeah, in everything, yeah. everything. He's ironically, he's the, the bank teller in, um, the dark Knight. William Fitcher, I believe his name is. That <clears throat> might be right. So he's 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 the the bank teller in the Dark Knight who talks to the Joker and he's like, "Do you know whose money you're stealing?" Yeah, you'll never get away with this. And the, the reason he got the job in the Dark Knight was, I'm getting off topic again. <laughs> yeah, I told you, round, I can't round. do anything quickly. We'll get back to all this. So. Yeah, so keep that in mind. So Van Zant is his name, and um, so uh, Rollins and Van Zant uh, make a plan to set them up. Um, and Pacino meets with his informants and gets his first real break in the case and gets a name that he can follow. Uh, De Niro goes to pick up the, pick up the drop, recognizes the, or his team recognizes the setup and they're able to escape. They don't get the money. Um, but then De Niro realizes that Van Zant set them up and, you know, says you're a dead man, essentially. Um, then the team goes out to, uh, goes out to dinner. And everybody's got their wives and their families, and De- and De Niro realizes again. I'm lonely. He he he's lonely. He he even though he says he's only alone, he really is lonely. Um, so he calls up his calls up his his bookstore girl, 
and they, they begin to have a, like an ongoing thing. Um, meanwhile, uh, Pacino and his crew, uh, using that lead from earlier, you know, start tailing De Niro's team. And uh, Slick, or Wangro, at the same time, uh, gets a hotel room and kills a prostitute <laughs> and goes looking for a job. Uh, Pacino gets called to the scene of, the, of that crime, and we find out that uh, Slick is a serial killer, and this is like the third or fourth murder he's done this way. Um, De Niro's team goes to pull a job at a heavy metals like depository or something. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the, since Pacino's team is tailing them, one of the, one of Pacino's guys accidentally makes a noise. De Niro hears it and he pulls his guys off before they, they pull the hall. Exactly. And I meant to time it, but it does feel like within 30 seconds of De Niro going back inside and pulling Kilmore off, they do escape. Um, and, you know, the cops let him go because all they did was break an egg. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Bacon and egg special. Pull a beanie. <laughs> um, so, uh, I'll grab my pen here. So, they recognize they're being, they're being tailed. And uh, they get together and they vote that despite the heat, as they continue to call it, uh, they are going to go through with the bank job. Like, this is, their, this is our last big haul kind mm -hmm. of deal. Um, so De Niro knows he's being followed and Pacino recognizes this and they're kind of on level ground now. Um, so they set up a, a quick slip, uh, so that De Niro's team can get in, get a look at the detectives that are following them. They lead them to, you know, a, a red herring, essentially. We need them open location where they can take pictures and now everybody knows who everybody is. And, uh, it, I know this is only like 45 minutes into the movie, but it's, it's a race to the end from here. Um, Pacino goes home, gets in a fight with his wife and gets pissed off, decides to hunt down De Niro. He gets in a fucking helicopter <laughs> and chases him down. And the two of them sit down and have coffee. After he finds De Niro, he pulls him over. He goes, let me buy you a coffee. And they, they really set up, set themselves up as two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Both of them love their job. Absolutely. Both of them are yeah. never going to walk away from it. And they're both they bo workaholics. Mm -hmm. They both admire each other's. Yeah. You know. So they they have they, it's it's an excellent scene. And it's like up to this point, you you st you still don't really know who you should be rooting for mm -hmm. because it's like, you know what I mean? You Absolutely. Wanna, you kind of want to root for everybody at this point, but yeah. Um, man, I have way too many detailed notes. Not much of a speed round. <laughs> no, this is not a speed run. Um, I'll hurry through this. So slick story in the background. Slick uh, teams up with Van Zant and. Uh, Get, tells Van Zant where to find uh, De Niro's team. Uh, Henry Rollins takes that information and calls the police. Uh, and the the cops wind up heading off uh, De Niro's team as they go to rob his bank. There is a giant shootout after they rob the bank. Huge. And it's, it, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, one of the team dies. Kilmer gets hit. A few of the cops go down. Every and cop, it seemed like they were just... <laughs> they were they, mowing through. The cops thrown. had him piled in on both sides and they're just laying into these the guys. new driver gets killed and de niro escapes with kilmer and he drops kilmer off at the doctors and you know they it's kind of a let's get the fuck out of town kind of mm -hmm. situation so um 
Pacino goes ahead and sets up a trap for Val Kilmer and a trap for, uh, or no, did I say Pacino or De Niro? Pacino, uh, Pacino sets up a yeah. sets up a trap for Kilmer and a separate trap for De Niro, and uh, Kilmer, uh, after he gets out of the doctor, he slides into the trap, but his wife kind of gives him a, a heads up mm-hmm. and lets him know that there's five O on him, so he leaves. And between his his wife giving him the heads up and uh, having a new identity, he's able to get away and he survives. We do not see him again. And then the rest of the movie follows De Niro as he grabs his, he gets hold of his girlfriend. He gives her the option to walk away or run away with him out of the country. Um, <laughs> I'm, now I'm flying through it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it all kind of culminates as they're on their way out of town. Uh, De Niro realizes he can't let go of his need for vengeance, goes after Slick at the hotel where the police are watching him. I love that it was right after like he gave her the ultimatum, you know, like, <laughs> right? like leave or leave with me. And she's like, okay, I will. And he's like, I'm going to go I'll commit right another back. crime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he, uh, he goes to the hotel. He does wind up killing slick. Uh, Pacino recognizes uh, a few different clues that we'll talk about later and ends up chasing uh, De Niro on foot out to For the like two hours. Right. Like air, airport like, chase. You know, there's it's, it, it, it was great that that hotel just so happened to share a bunch of land with the major airport. Yep. So, <laughs> so they, they run into like this open area right next to the runways and they've got this really tense, uh, like chase scene where they're, they're slowly hunting each other and it so comes down to a, a mer- uh, merry-go-round of going around boxes for mm-hmm. 20 minutes and then, <laughs> boom. yeah, essentially. And it comes, it comes down to like an old, old Western, uh, shootout where it's just one guy draws, draws quicker. Um, Pacino kills De Niro and De Niro's last line and possibly the last line in the entire film, if I remember right, is I told you I was never going back to jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he also said too, if you remember, he said, I will not hesitate. And he mm-hmm. did. And he, he said, did. maybe that's, and he's like, maybe that's all I go down. You know? you know, and then they share a, a love embrace. They, and that, that ending song by Moby <laughs> washes over <laughs> you. That- all right. All right. So that was the shittiest speed run. But we'll get better at it. No, we'll no, no. <laughs> now we can get down to brass tacks. Now we can do the fun right. stuff. And, and I mean, this is also a three-hour movie. So yeah. please yeah. afford me some grace. So how yeah. this movie really starts is Al Pacino in a really weird sex scene with no, his wife. No, no. It randomly starts with Val Kilmer buying supplies. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that's right. In Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I just can't get over that. The old people kissing. It's just really weird to me. Al Pacino and... It's a weird... Uh, it's a weird first three scenes. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. But I think actually, I think I mentioned this to you yesterday, is like one of the first things we see in this movie is Val Kilmer's beautiful ponytail. It is the first thing you see, yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's got that epic... into the, whatever, the Arizona... Uh, That's got to be his shop. real hair, too, because yeah. the wigs in this movie are awful, <laughs> and Val Kilmer's hair is just luscious. Lovely. So, yeah, that's that's the first take is like, oh. Why is it's oh, this is the '90s. I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this movie's it. It doesn't feel like a three-hour movie. No, there's there's not there's on. not really a whole lot of drag. Mm. Like the if if they were to make this movie today, they would probably cut the family stuff out. Yeah, but I think it's, it's important. important. Yeah. 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 So like originally, this was supposed to be a TV show. Huh. Um, he, uh, the director pitched it as a TV show and he was able to make a, po- like a 90 minute pilot, um, which eventually ran as like a made for TV movie, but it cuts all that, those love stories out and a lot of those other side stories. Um, so 
it's a much lesser project and he wanted to you know come back and make a the better version so he came and he made a two hour and 50 minute heat which is a fucking masterpiece heat i i wouldn't take anything out of it not a single second it may not be a perfect movie but it is a phenomenal film it's full of one-liners like just those memorable quotes (laughs) like the don't be afraid don't hold on anything that you're not you're not willing to drop in 30 seconds Mm -hmm. and then uh the getaway driver, who's one of those characters who would would normally be omitted, the Allstate guy. Yep. When he he's just he's fresh out of jail mm-hmm. and he's got this job working at a restaurant. It's like they tried to shove as many cameos as mm-hmm. possible into this, you know, like here. Naturally, here. too. Yeah, yeah you yeah, fit no, here. It worked well. Well, it's sure. like it's like even though it is just under three hours, mm-hmm. it's not every scene is so much crucial. Every scene's important. Mm-hmm. You know, every 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 scene. Um, on t- or mm-hmm. it tells part of the story, including the driver. You know yeah, I mean? and it, it doesn't feel like it when he's... Like, his first two scenes, you're like, all right, why the fuck is he here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This I'm makes a, no I'm sense. Great grill man. Mm-hmm. Whatever, give me 25% of your check, convict. <laughs> God, my blood boiled. <laughs> I know, Working right? in the restaurant industry, it's like, that is not how we do things. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, that was pretty nuts. But. but, I mean, and then his girlfriend comes up to him, and he's like, I can't I can't live like this. She, she, she flat out tells him, you know, you've been through hard times. You can handle hard times, right? And the quote, I got it written here. He goes, ain't a hard time invented that I can't handle. Yeah. I think I texted you that yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is just a badass line. That's one of those, <laughs> like, fuck yeah. Boom. Ain't shit I can't handle. Damn, King right. Kong ain't got shit on me. Might as well be Denzel. I'm surprised Denzel's not in this damn movie. I mean, <laughs> shit. Everybody else and their mother is. <laughs> but, yeah, like, it's... Val Kilmer. I, I think Val Kilmer's my favorite in this movie, or one of them. He's this is a, a great performance from him. You know, he was kind of the tech guy, like the, you know, explosives, mm-hmm. drilling, you know, lock, Keysmith kind of guy. He was, he was the, he was good. I mean, he had some obviously problems. He's their utility and, man yeah, for sure. Yeah, he was the yeah do it all, and I think uh, Tom Sizemore was kind of more of the, kind of more muscle. Mm-hmm. Just, I think they just they. He's their like they extra body. Really bond, like they have a really tight bond. I mean, they kind mm-hmm. of say it in that when he picks up. Wayne Grow, he's like asking about their team, and he's like, "Yeah, we're real tight." Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And you can see how, you know, De Niro. That De Niro. was uh, Kevin Gage. Yeah, yeah, Wayne Grow. Yep, yep. So he picked up uh, Val Kilmer at the end, you know, all that kind of stuff, and you know, just really cares about him. He went and helped out his his relationship. You know, he mm-hmm. went to his his wife and said, "Give him one more chance, and I'll, or I'll set you up myself." Blah, yeah, blah, blah. I mean, he just he's well, a good it, guy all around. You know, he's a I, bad guy. I think we but, should we should spend a little bit of time on that because I mean. You, you were talking yesterday about how, like, romanticism is a major theme in this mm-hmm. movie. And it's not just, like, m- between a man and a woman kind of romance. Mm-hmm. It's, there's a, there's a romance with, you know, the job. You yeah, know, the these guys job, love what they sides. do. And even, you stated earlier, Al Pacino and, and De Niro mm-hmm. seem like they have, they're, like you said, two coin mirror Yeah, mirror it's, it's an antagonistic romance. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's like an ill-fated love. And, you know, Mike, but they've got so much respect. Too, it's, yeah, exactly. They... They understand each other and respect mm-hmm. each other's attention to detail because this was not easy for either one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of a carousel ride as far as keeping up with who. And mm-hmm. But no, it's the movie moved well. I mean, I wasn't expecting to... Because this is the first time I've seen it, actually. I mean, I've heard of it, but mm-hmm. it moved well. I was expecting to kind of be bored at some points, but I sat down and was invested mm-hmm. and watched it the whole thing. I was going <clears> to <throat> do it in half and half, but I just sat down and watched it till four. Yeah, there's a lot of unfolding at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I was saying. It's like, that's every, why I was, every scene is... A... 
I was looking at my notes. I'm like, fuck, there's no way I can do this in five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> it's like Detective just, bad guy, just bad the guy, major bad guy. scene changes yeah. were three pages worth of notes. It's, it's, there's a whole bunch of shit going on. And it's all, it is all romantic, you know? And it's, you know, Kilmer at one point, you know, he's like, he, he loves what he does. But, you know, when, when De Niro's like, you know, what, why'd you get married? Kilmer, Kilmer flat out. It's like she, the sun rises and sets with her, man. And like, he gets, I can't he gets get away from it. a little jealous her. when he says that. It seems his face kind of mm-hmm. kind of twinges like, oh, I want well, that. Well, Pacino's like, do, do you got a side piece? He's like, no. Yeah. He's like, does she? He's like, no. He's like, are you sure? Are you sure, <laughs> bro? <laughs> because. And, uh, I mean, she, she does. <laughs> she does. She got a bad ass. There's a few. She got a. Great ass! <laughs> <laughs> There's a few times Pacino, he's really kind of calm and collected through the most of the movie, and he's very diligent on step by step process. And mm-hmm. this was this happened because of this, and you know, going through the whole thing. But when he's talking like his informants and stuff like that, he really lays into them and is like, "Don't waste my fucking time." He goes <laughs> ape shit like three times in this movie, and it's hilarious. It makes that me laugh. Pacino. He becomes he becomes such a character of himself. Like everything we think about when we think Pacino now. Is in this movie like ooh and I'm going crazy. <laughs> when I think of asses, something comes out of me. Something comes out of me. Something comes out of that, me. That that line, if they, if someone would have put that in a movie today, you could not let it linger like yeah. that. That has to be a joke. Speaking of informants, I guess we're kind of we're going a little bit all over the place now. So now we got our five yeah. minutes mm-hmm. in, but. Yeah, yeah. Tone Loke is one of the informants. Yeah. I get killed for telling you this shit. There you go, wild thing. <laughs> You're walking your doggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was great. And Tone Loke, that's my favorite. Like, I was looking at him like, fuck, so who many... is this? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, in, like, in that time he was in... Um, uh, blank Check. He was in Surf Ninjas. Ninjas. Surf Ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> he was in Surf Ninjas. Oh, my God, blank I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Surf Ninjas. Now, that's I, I think classic. Blank Check might be the first movie I saw him in. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's a solid one. It's yeah. I mean, but we we have to talk about that someday because there's. I have <laughs> yeah, opinions. Blank Jack was just before that too. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that was ninety four, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you were saying that back on cameos, like Henry Rollins has never never really turns down a gig opportunity. He yeah. So Rollins, he uh, he said on record, he's like, I never say no. I never turn <laughs> anything down. You've seen him in a million things. Yeah, I mean, it's... he's 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 in this. He he was in. Um, Bad Boys Two in the beginning. He's he played a a character on Sons of Anarchy for a season or two. Like he's all over the goddamn place, and it's just he 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 loves just doing different things. Entertaining, like, yeah. And <laughs> if we get big enough, he's somebody that I definitely want to <laughs> drag his ass out to Chicago land because he comes Come out here every year. Yeah, he he speaks at C two E two every year. No, really. Yeah, I, I went that. and saw him. <laughs> yeah. Guy's amazing. That's awesome. Henry Rollins is God. Yeah. <laughs> no, Lemmy is God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, the movie itself. I mean, that last scene took forever. That chase, the airport yeah. chase. I was kind of getting frustrated. <laughs> They're literally running from the hotel to the airport nonstop, and then they. They pin behind some boxes like a paintball okay. game. Or okay, something. let's let's break that down because that that is when you get pulled out of the movie because like you can tell they're padding for time, which they didn't need to they do. Need to. They're at like a two hours and thirty, and then but twenty minutes. Of the running. logic of it is also a little insane because 
Pacino loses sight of De Niro constantly. Yeah, over and, and then over. he just knows instinctively it's where that he went. sense, you know? It's, <laughs> right. Got it. it happens throughout the whole thing. Even when they're in like the shipping yard in the beginning. Yeah. And they're just getting tabs on them. I will say, the, um, and this is literally the last note I took. Um, so Pacino, Pacino's sixth sense does kind of make sense a few times. Where he's worked a lot of jobs in similar situations. Yeah, so he kind of he kind of puts it all together at the end at the hotel when he first rolls up because he sees he sees Eddie and that's uh, De Niro's girlfriend sitting in a car and he he doesn't know her from Eve, yeah. but he sees she's distressed. She's in a running car while everyone is running out of this building, and, and De Niro mentions he remembers from the coffee scene. Which yeah, is, in my opinion, the most crucial scene in the entire. Movie. And it's it's one of those points in screenwriting like as as. As a writer, it's like, God, that's fucking brilliant. That's a callback you never expect. Yeah. But it pulls the story back into reality. Like, yeah, he would have remembered that. Mm-hmm. He would have thought about that. Like, shit, why isn't she running? Who else wouldn't run? Yeah, exactly. Fuck, that's her. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, De Niro's got the same kind of sense where he just kind of notices out of the corner of his eye, there's one person running against mm-hmm. the crowd. Yep. And he, he realizes he's got to leave his girlfriend or she's going to die mm-hmm. or end up in jail. And so he did. He so left her sitting there. That I just thought of this now. Like, do you think Pacino went back to the car and arrested her? I mean, I guess you can. She'd be an accessory, but I don't think that's mm-hmm. like his. He he wanted the big fish, you know. Yeah. He, he was after. He had a boner for De Niro the whole time. I mean, yeah. good and bad. He said. Well, like, he does like a good ass. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I think of asses. Something comes out. Of <laughs> it's and in this case, it was bullets came out of him. Yes, yes. She got off. Great ass! <laughs> that stop right there. That stop that. Like, he gathers all of his... <laughs> so, so, in that scene... He, yeah, in that he's scene... It's like a coming, 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 Great ass! That that line was improvised. He'd no shit. That, yeah, and he's... Who's he talking to? Is it Noonan? Um, like, who he's interrogating? He's, he's, he's talking to... Uh, it's not Noonan. It's it's the, the wife's boyfriend. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Azaria. Our, Azaria, yeah. Um, yeah, Pacino ad-libbed that on the spot, that she got a great ass part. I and, would not have been able to look, keep him. A... <laughs> the look on his face was, like, priceless. And right. They, they kept all that, and it worked so well. Like, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's what that is. Well, you got to give it to him. I mean, he may have been over the top, but at least it made for a great scene. That's how he... She got a great ass! That's how he's been working all these years, you know? His, his famous Pacino freakouts. Yeah. I... You've seen Righteous Kill, right? Yeah. I haven't seen it in a while. How many of those like those kinds of freakouts are in it? Because that's probably his next real big one with De Niro, with De Niro that I can yeah, think of. I, before I saw this, I thought that was the only one. Um, you know, the, they're kind of swapped. Like it, They think in Righteous Kill, they're going after um, De Niro the whole time for being like this vigilante mm-hmm. murderer, and it turns out to be Pacino. Right. Um, so he actually, Pacino's kind of the calm one in that movie mm-hmm. and De Niro is the the wild card like lunatic like throwing people against walls and yeah I, I literally people. haven't seen it since it came it's out it's a good one it's a good one it's <clears throat> it, it it moves it's mm-hmm. kind of it's similar to this movie and how it how mm-hmm. everything kind of plays off each other but I because like I was working at the movie theater when that came out and that summer or that spring 88 minutes and righteous kill came out at about the same time so I should probably go back and watch both of them again to keep them separate. <laughs> yes, but indeed. Yeah. Back to this movie. I mean, of those three movies, of those three crime 
films of Pacino's, this is definitely the better one. And it's definitely his better role. I would say this is up there with Michael from The Godfather. Even, what, 20, 20 25 years? 23 years later, yeah. And by God, has he aged. Yeah, he's... It just keeps coming. The wrinkles just Holy keep... Holy <laughs> shit. Like, you look at... And even, even those two characters. Like, in Godfather 2, Pacino still looks kind of young. And you know, Bobby Money looks pretty good in it. Yeah. Show. And De Niro looks, De Niro young, looks so the like fucking same. It's the, go- it's the goatee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And probably the fact that, you know, he took a little bit better care of himself. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't quite partying as hard. Like Pacino. Pacino's lived a wild life. Ooh, uh. So what do you think... Favorite scene, most important scene. Do you think it's the coffee, the coffee shop coffee scene? Shop is one of like the best scenes. That's ever. probably the most important scene mm-hmm. in the film. They they talk about it, you know, being face to face, and I won't mm-hmm. I won't hesitate. And he's like, I'm not gonna like it. Yeah. But well, I think if it, if it keeps me from you widowing some poor wife, I'm mm-hmm. gonna take you down. You know? I think the fact that that's a real that was a real conversation gives it so much more weight and levity. You know, um, it's. It works in the film, but then in the back of your mind, when you're like, "This actually you're fucking like, happened," yeah, yeah, it it's like that. It's like in uh, uh, the the movie about the the Pinkertons when they take down the the mobsters. It's escaping me at the moment. Mm, not sure, but but the, it, it's it's it'll come to me. Yeah, but when it does, that movie, yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's that moment where like this actually happened. Like, these guys really were this badass. And that chase you were talking about when he comes, he finds him in the helicopter, gets in the car, chases him down on the highway, and the tension's building, he's coming to the car, and mm-hmm. De Niro puts a gun under his leg. He, mm-hmm. The movie could end it right there, you know, yeah. pretty, pretty much. But he, he says the one thing you never would expect is, do you want to get can I Can I buy you a cup of coffee? <laughs> like, yeah, and sure. it's not even like, do you want coffee? <laughs> yeah. Can I buy you yeah. a cup of coffee? Yeah, sure, no problem, bud. Let's do this thing. Yeah. I think they kind of wanted to size each other up at that point. Untouchables. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. I knew it would come to me. It's the Untouchables. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's that's them just trying to size each other up. I mean, mm-hmm. Pacino's trying to shake him down a little bit, but well, I think Pacino's trying to walk him away. Like he's trying to talk him out of it. Okay. He's like, look, I, I I mean, once I bite down, I'm not I'm not letting go. Mm-hmm. Like this is a pit bull fight. Mm-hmm. Like if I get you, I'm taking you. Mm-hmm. Don't make me get you. And De Niro's like, there's two sides of that coin. Don't I'm the same dog, man. I'm the same dog. Yep. <laughs> And it's 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 a beautifully shot scene because it really there's there's three camera angles, no pans, no real mm-hmm. zooms. Mm-hmm. It's just two close-ups and this Side. this this wide shot mm-hmm. of the whole table, and and no action, but like yeah. the greatest shot. It's the you know most I mean? versus, tense scene in the whole movie. Versus that first bank job mm-hmm. where it's like they use the wide-angle mm-hmm. lenses and everything's close-up and it's yeah. just like rapid fire the whole time which was probably one of the better action movies you know what i mean yeah before that time in the 90s too mm-hmm. but i mean it's just like you can tell in this scene too like, well i mean they the, open up they open mm-hmm. up this scene and like really let you take it all in absolutely yeah. the camera work in this movie is fucking amazing yeah really and they, it's so varied too because like we, we've got this where everything's stationary so the the conversation is the action piece yeah yeah and then like you were saying the the shootouts mm-hmm. and the chases um, especially the the big shootout, which they also got a ton of training for individually. Yeah. like they got trained by cops, Thank like proper training, and they mm-hmm. got like uh, just just dudes who, who train you how to shoot, yeah. like teaching you the wrong way to do stuff, like for the uh, bad it's, guys, it's, yeah. and for the yeah. good guys. It's a stark contrast like, to what was, we watched last week. Because I've been bitching about the last <laughs> weeks about about gunplay and proper 
weapon etiquette. And this one, actually, it's all there. And, and like, even as a sound yeah. magazine changes. Yeah. There's, yeah. You know, and as a sound guy, the audio, it's like guns... Even in, like, I hate to say it, but even, like, the first Die Hard, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it didn't really sound like real gunfire yeah, the whole time. Yeah, that, I was going to bring I mean? that up. There is no Foley yeah. as far as the gunfire goes in that scene. That is all the They're actual all, yeah. sound. It's, all blanks. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's what you're getting out of the gun is what's going on mm-hmm. tape. Yeah. And it's just, a, it's a testament to the, this guy should have made more movies. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he, uh, is he, what, what, Michael Mann? Yeah. Okay, is that it? Um. He's he's made a few action flicks, but he's he's he deserves to be up there with, you know, guys like Michael Bay. And I think he's better than Michael Bay because hmm. going back to camera work, there is one solitary shot in this film that is done from the POV, and it's it's only used for impact. It's when is that when he goes into the hotel room for uh-huh. the girl? Yeah, right. yeah. Well, when he when he when De Niro uh, knocks open the mm-hmm. the hotel door yep. and he attacks uh, Wisemore Wayne Grow Wayne Grow. Slick. Slick. Yeah. <laughs> um, it goes into almost like that scene from Doom where it's total POV and all you see are the hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and he hits him and then it pulls back into an over-the-shoulder shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just used for impact. So Because we've that seen that so done. You, wanted, you want this guy to die the whole movie. Yeah. He's, like, he's, he's, he's the only he's villain. He's tatted up with swastikas and, and all this stuff. And he, he's just a terrible person. You can see it in his eyes. He mm-hmm. stares, you don't stare at this guy. He did the insider too. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. He just brought that. That's the only reason I threw that out back. But yeah, even going back to the guns, like he the, deserves the, a bigger the double career. taps and then going to the head. I mean, mm-hmm. that's an old. That's a. That's an armed forces. That's a military thing. Yeah. Like, you know, two two in the center mass and one in the head to finish. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's good stuff all the way through. And well, that, even the way they're holding their guns mm-hmm. and you know Trigger only having their discipline. yeah exactly. <laughs> yep. And they're racking them. No, it's it's good. Stuff. And that that's that fight that scene outside the bank is epic because like I said that the cops had them. Pinned on both sides, they mm-hmm. flanked them, and they're going. They're they're firing at one side, and they're pretty damn good marksmen. These cops aren't. <laughs> yeah, but well, I mean, they're, they're good they're, shots until it's convenient for the. And plot. actually, you can see how many magazines they're wearing on their chest, mm-hmm. and they're pulling. You know, it's 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 all around good stuff. But yeah. you know, it's it's it was sad to see Val Kilmer go down. I thought he was done at that scene. You know, but yeah, because there's blood everywhere. Yeah, 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 and he's he's losing color in his face and. Mm-hmm. But no, it's it was interesting to see the respect given by like their boss, like in De Niro, mm-hmm. given to going them, back for him and, and making sure that he was back, go, trying to get back to his wife. And yeah, well, I mean, there's there's two things in this whole movie that De Niro is not willing to give up in thirty seconds, mm-hmm. and that's Kilmer and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. It, it did take him more than thirty seconds, but <laughs> you know there was a there was a right before he makes the decision to turn off uh, the freeway and go take that exit to go to the hotel to kill Wayne Grove. Mm-hmm. There's a second there where he there's a little bit of a smirk that runs across his face, and you think that he's going to make the right decision, right, and just take off and just let the else. load go, and then all of a sudden it switches to like low brow, and I'm going to get this asshole. Mm-hmm. And, I Which, don't know. I thought that was kind of that was. That was a, a cool part in my mind because he, yeah. he, you saw the thought go through his head, you know, just by his facial expressions. And mm-hmm. you know, De Niro doesn't have many facial expressions <laughs> besides that low hanging lip. Blah, blah. And that goes into that point I was making before watching old people kiss. <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, what's her name? Uh, Amy Brenneman, that's his girlfriend. Pacino's girlfriend? Uh, De Niro. De Niro's girlfriend. The, the coffee okay. shop girl. Okay. When I think of old um, people kissing, when they go to kissings. kiss, I'm like, oh my god! It's like, what are you gonna do? That mouth doesn't move. It's like stationary, and oh, oh god, it's so gross. Fucking old people. 
But yeah, it's actually, it's old people <laughs> fucking. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's that starts somewhere. And <laughs> I don't know. Hey, man, <laughs> joy is found at all ages. Yeah, Those I are guess. the twilight years for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was between those two guys and their their mouth kisses, man. That was, <laughs> that, was, that, was that was the most off putting part about this movie yet, and that. Long. I'd I'd like to point out for those listening, <laughs> Greg called me last night because we have like our our unofficial kind of <laughs> our, our unofficial pre podcast meeting, and he goes, "So I want to talk about Al Pacino fucking." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh God, Greg, could you have lick your finger before you put it in? Come on." <laughs> Something like, what are you getting? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he uses like the same one liners and he's like, "Hey, there's two sides of this coin. Turn over, huh?" <laughs> but man. <laughs> it's the this movie is is it's full of great scenes, but I think everybody remembers the coffee shop and mm-hmm. everybody remembers the shootout. And like it'd been a few years since I watched this movie, and I kind of remembered there only being like twenty minutes after the shootout, and that's only halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's that's so what I was much thinking. Left. I was like, I was looking at my phone to check the time and stuff. I'm like, what what are they gonna put into this thing? It seems like the movie's already kind of over, but it just keeps on. It's all about yeah. the job. It's all about, on both sides, it's about mm-hmm. vengeance. It's about finishing what you started. It's about, you know, and then Pacino's stepdaughter or whatever, she mm-hmm. tries to off herself and she sa- he saves her life and then he gets the okay from his wife to go mm-hmm. after them. And they kind of recognize yeah. that it's they're not meant to be together. And so Pacino's free and clear of any kind of ties yeah. and he can actually pursue De Niro. And De Niro's just found someone. So, mm-hmm. you know, I guess in that way, I mean... I'm sorry, the chicken Everybody got gets what they want. overcooked. <laughs> yeah, that's that my had to be other scene the whole movie. That had to be other too because I was like overcooked. It's been sitting on a plate at the table. Uh, I'm sorry, I'd rather the drink my Jack Daniels. <laughs> oh boy! How do you know it was Jack Daniels? It was turned around. Yes, exactly. They put a shout out there. There's tons of whiskeys that come in a square bottle. Right? That was totally Jack. They <laughs> said Jack who? Jack who? who? You fucking owl. oh man this this movie moves so much more and it's you can kind of attribute that to the fact that act two is kind of two acts in itself so if if you consider act two being the bank heist the shootout and then the escape it it rounds off the first story that they're telling and it introduces you kind of to a new movie mm-hmm. where now it's a get out of town story mm-hmm. and there is no going back. So it, it's, it seamlessly flows from this action film into almost like a suspense thriller. Mm-hmm. And I would say that's probably the reason it, it makes such a good three hour movie. Cause I mean, even, even action movies when it's just nonstop action mm-hmm. for three hours, it's, it's a slog, yeah. but this is really two stories. Well, Two movies with six stories. Yeah. And I guess that keeps it interesting with all the cameos, too. You're like, oh, there's a new face. I know that guy from this place. You know? Well, it's crazy how all these stories weave together. Like we were talking about, you know. um, And the randomness of John Voight. And he's like the Intel (laughs) guy. And his wig. Yeah. (laughs) He looks like some some crazy meth cowboy, like, preacher. (laughs) I don't know. He's got a a look. Meth cowboy preacher. That's my new (laughs) career path. They're like, how's hey, Van Damme? I don't know. He's a businessman. Yeah. Like, <laughs> boy, he's got some great one-liners in there, too. <laughs> and he's dead wrong about that, by yeah. the way. Like, it, it's, it, this movie kind of flip-flops those two scenes. Because it, it shows the conversation between Van Zant and Rollins before it shows the conversation between Voight and De Niro. 
And in most action movies, it's flipped. Like you get you get the the what the good guys quote unquote are going to do, and then you see the bad mm-hmm. guys. But here we know the setup before the, before we know what's being set up really, or who's being set up, mm-hmm. or how. I think I guess. it's just like how they're just trying to show how much how, how good of a detective Pacino is. Yeah, you know he's he, he kind of pieces the whole thing together. He's he's like I said, diligent. He's who's there with you. I want you to do this. I want you to mm-hmm. do that. This needs to be done. This needs to get taken care of. Blah blah blah. And I'm gonna go chase this motherfucker on my feet for two hours. But. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no. Like we said, the the hotels share space with the airport. Yeah, I guess that's pretty common. Maybe not space, but I, <laughs> close I, proximity. <laughs> Speaking of the hotel, I I just want to point out how brilliant De Niro's character really is. Like yeah, as far as Pacino the says it like three or four times. Yeah. This guy's good. Mm-hmm. You're good. Mm-hmm. And because Pacino they, even gives up because they, they, have, the, they have the room mm-hmm. on lockdown, they have it on mm-hmm. video surveillance, this, that, and the other. They know he's they well, they think he's coming because Pacino thought he left town. Yeah, Pacino gives up, and he's because like, Fuck, we lost. He was supposed to, you know, mm-hmm. he just made that knee jerk reaction to go take care of one more thing, and that's yeah. what got him. But but you're right about that hotel scene, like parking in the back. I was like, how is he going to pull this off? And you know, he, he goes and finds calls uh, the front desk. Yeah, like BLT's fucked up or yeah. something, and he gets into. Costume and recognizes that the the front desk concierge or whatever has a shotgun there. Mm-hmm. He knows he knows he's he's they're crawling. You know what I mean? But there's a, there was <clears throat> even knowing how this movie played out. Like I watch, when he sees the shotgun, I'm like, turn around, man. Yeah, turn around. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, I felt I'm one of those people who in the movie theater have been like, don't go in there. <laughs> you better run, bitch, run. Because <laughs> you know it's over, and yeah. it, it just. He's still good enough and to keep get away, kind of. Amy or his girlfriend in the car, and you can tell like that she's just getting angsty. And then, yeah, fire alarm goes off, and she's like, "You motherfucker!" And she sits there. You know what I mean? She's like, "I'm still down with you. I'll still ride." Speaking of angst, that I was a little angsty. I, I, I had I had an issue with the writer at one moment, and it was when Al Pacino's saying, "You know, I need I, I, I saved my angst." I keep it right here. He points to his chest. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. what makes me good. I'm like your angst makes you your emo music makes you good. <laughs> right. Like oh boy. You should have you, you you should have like the writers it's, it's my only complaint. Really. Like the rest of this bullshit like, cheesy for is, you. is great. Yeah. But this one line, it's like you can do better than that. Yeah. You wrote yeah. a great movie and you decided on angst keep for this. My angst right here. No, no, keep keep it as your drive. Like your <laughs> even just drive is better. You know? You know, and really that line should have been I'm an obsessed man. Yeah. I keep my obsession because it makes me good. It keeps me sharp. And he knows without saying, I mean, his wife tells him a million times, like, you're, you're never here, you know, as far as, like, mentally. And pretty yeah. much you, you, and you fuck me and then you leave. And he says in the like, coffee shop. Yeah. He's yeah. like, we're passing each other down a uh, downward slope. Mm-hmm. Like, a third, my, my third what is he, a third, mar- yeah, a third like, marriage my, on the way out? Marriage. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the, the line from the wife where it's like, you, you come home dead-eyed, you sleep with me, and then you shut down. Mm-hmm. At first blush, that doesn't seem to make sense, but it's like he he comes home, he gets his release yeah. from all that Release, craziness. He releases the angst, and then and yeah, he releases the <laughs> angst, and then something comes out of me. Something comes out of me. <laughs> I mean, you know, one. maybe his wife should have done more squats. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought. Great ass. <laughs> no, he didn't. Want I thought. She, I thought she was he wonderful, wanted, uh, beautiful. He wanted Ashley Judd. He wanted Ashley Judd. Something comes out of him. I don't know. <laughs> I, it, the di- we always go back to dialogue. And mm-hmm. part of that is, is like I, I, I focus on it. Same. Because 
I mean, that's that's really where a story is told. And it wasn't can, like overly done in this one, you know, because mm-hmm. like we, you know, we talked about the great ones, the dialogue like Tarantino and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. this one's, you know, it's they're they're both the leaders of their crew, so that's where they come in. There's not really yeah. equal until they sit down uh, at that coffee table. Well, I mean, in a lot of the movies we've we've covered, the dialogue sets them squarely in a time period. The dialogue here is timeless. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know the the phones really that put them in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Or, or, it was or, kind of funny to see the corded phone. He's dialing yeah. on stuff and the pay <laughs> phone's his, coming his back. his car phone. The, yeah, 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 that big ass, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of cool to see that. And, I mean, <laughs> there's a point where De Niro calls Voight and Voight's like, is this, a, is this a landline or is this your old phone? He goes, no, I got a new one. <laughs> Motherfucker, you had to get a whole new car to get a new car phone. <laughs> this is 95. It's in, in the shop for two weeks. They're installing it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like a, for a three-hour movie, we talked about how it moved fast. I mean, it's it, it, we covered a lot of the main topics in this already. Um, yeah. You know, it's just a matter of putting it all it's together. Minutia. Yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of the way they, they weaved the story or they wove the story together. It's just with the storytelling and the directing yeah. and everything. Absolutely. And I mean, that fascinates me because to have that many lead lines going, and even even Trejo's story, which is mm-hmm. slightly separate in, in the third act, and they there. beat the piss out of that. Yeah, guy. Wow. and they thought was, he narked. Yeah, he, that's a great twist, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. It's not a major twist. It was the guy who wasn't there. And yeah, it was Trejo, but he yeah. got. And, was, he, and he 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 did narc, but to the to the bad guy, not to the cops. Because he was supposed to be the original driver, right? But they got somebody they kept tailing him. Was it Wanger who got to him, or was it the? So it it's. A little Van unclear. Yeah. It sounds like it sound the way the way it plays out. The cops were tailing him, and as soon as he shook the cops, mm-hmm. he went home. And Wangro shows up and beats the shit out of him. Okay. I think that's how it plays. Surprised it was Wangro because he's usually he's usually well, make sure you're dead, dead. <laughs> he he killed the woman, and yeah. most of his victims are women. Yeah, because remember he's he kills he's he's the ripper. Yeah, he kills prostitutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so he kills uh, he kills Trejo's wife. And then, yeah, and he left. Him he he leaves, yeah, just to suffer. He leaves him to bleed out. Yeah. Like the guy's dying. And then you know, he he asks his boss to put mm-hmm. one in his head to stop him. You want let me be with my baby again, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and that was that was a touching scene too, because mm-hmm. once once De Niro gets the story out of Trejo, he's like, "All right, I'm gonna call you a medic. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get you our guy." Mm-hmm. And, and it's very repetitive too that mm-hmm. De Niro is seeing his friends and they're dying and and they're getting taken bullets and they're still like where's my woman he's like i need that yeah i need yeah. that he wants to be with his woman too. yeah he wants it really to take is a love story. he says he can't feel his body he's like yeah. don't leave me like this yeah you yeah know? And he, well it, and you it, there's there's kind of a double meaning to that he's like i don't feel anything yeah. i can't feel yeah, anything yeah, yeah, yeah. so like his woman's gone number one right and that takes away his will to live mm-hmm. number two he is kind of bleeding out on the carpet <laughs> so he's a giant bruise I, when you first see him you're like oh motherfucker's dead yep like they killed trejo I didn't think that was possible unless you were a <laughs> gangbanger. He's only killed by gangbangers. <laughs> oh, now that yeah, I think right? about it. <laughs> <laughs> then he, then like the crow, he comes back and kills everybody with a machete. <laughs> Which, as a real tangent, the character of Machete from those movies yeah. is actually the same character that he plays in the Spy Kids movies. <laughs> like it's because those are Rodriguez would, movies too, or the first three were. And like as a tongue in cheek, he's like, "Yeah, this character, same guy." 
yeah. Uncle Machete yeah. is, is this major murderer. <laughs> Everyone's got that crazy uncle, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I got three crazy uncles that kill people all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else we need to touch on? I mean, this is kind of an in, so. and out, in and out movie. I mean, it's like I said, it's thir- three hours, but mm-hmm. it moves quick. The, the plot line is simple, uh, but not i mean there's there's mm-hmm. twists there's twists but it's all pretty much about relationship relationship goals love mm-hmm. uh the job professionalism and respect to the other side of the coin pretty much to keep the balance well and i mean this was such an iconic movie that i mean crime like crime crimes globally after this movie came out were inspired by this movie they were inspired by Upped everybody's job skills <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it it it's it's crazy how many if you look it up there there's at least six or seven crimes from the next few years that were based on the movie Heat where they were formulated that way. Yeah, masterminded. They were the, ma- yeah. The, the same masks, the same, the same timing techniques. And most, most of them were based on that first armored car mm-hmm. heist. Like, not necessarily bank heists, but they were hitting armored cars mm-hmm. that way because it's like, shit, wonder if that actually works. Well, it turns out it does. They probably use the same spot. Like, <laughs> right. right in that, there's two expressways there for getaway. Perfect close men. Bringing the semi. Bam. And it's, and I'm not kidding. Globally, there were there were crimes in, in uh, I think South Africa and Colombia and shit. That, from from it's heat, all it's all drug all lords that heat. saw this movie and they're like, let's fucking oh, we do, could that. do that. <laughs> we we got a truck out back. <laughs> I got a, I got ten trejos in my backyard. Here. So the only other thing that I'd I'd like to kind of touch on is, so there's there's a specific kind of movie where you know heists are planned like this so you've got this you've got shit like oceans 11 and the italian job and or really both italian jobs i don't count the the original oceans 11 because that was just the rat pack being the rat pack (laughs) but out of those other three movies i would i would say this is the best one but i'm not sure why Hmm. any thoughts i no, because I think I like the Italian job better, actually. Which Italian job? I think the first one. With uh, Michael Michael Caine? Mike Caine. Mike Caine. It's not coming to me. Michael Caine. He, he played Alfred Ooh. in The Dark Knight. Are you a fucking owl? Woody <laughs> <laughs> hoo! I don't, I don't know. It's, it's been a while since I've seen that one. Heat's way better, dude. <laughs> I'll tell you why. I think even like Italian job had that awesome cinematography, and it mm-hmm. was... Like in your face and action packed, but it like was it wasn't like I said before with the training, like mm-hmm. where like they got taught how to That's use firearms, like real firearms for the occasion. Italian mm-hmm. jobs, you know, they're robbing banks with fucking minis. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Well like, and it's like like there's cool shots that come with that. That's great. Yeah. But for the time, I think in ninety five, mm-hmm. with this being like like we said, the real guns and they had real training. Yeah. And like like scenes that big stood out to me and Scenes like the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, I wonder if it's also the comedy in those movies, because a lot of a lot of heist movies have kind of a kind of a Ocean, funny Ocean's vibe. Ocean's Eleven, to them. Yeah. An Italian Job, tenfold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those well, and I mean, are even hilarious. like in 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 the newer Italian Job with with Marky Mark, mm-hmm. you've got uh, Yasin Bay. We'll we'll call him by oh, his sorry. real name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, his he's, real name is Brooklyn. Is, is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Yasin Bay was like his first like stage name. Oh, I thought I thought it was like he changed his name legally. Maybe he did, but um, whatever. I'll yeah, no, I mean, Cassius Clay, fascinating. Cassius Clay. Um, <laughs> so he's you know, Mos Def is is the is the funny man in that movie, and in the original Italian Job, it's Michael Caine. He was known as a comedic actor back then, and in 
Ocean's Eleven, it's all these straight actors who play goofy characters. True. And in this movie, there's no comedic relief. It's and just I wonder Al Pacino's if that's, outbursts pretty yeah. much like. <laughs> I wonder if that's that's what makes the difference for me, where it's like I take this more seriously because they took it more seriously. Do you think you like the actors a little better too? No, no. Ocean's Eleven like, again is another one. It's packed with 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 star power. I would but, say I like these actors better than. Yeah, I, I think I think as, as far as how I feel about the actors, it's pretty level. Like Ocean's, I I love Brad Pitt in that role. <laughs> I love I I. I and anything that has Clooney in it is going to be the Cloon. Like e- even even him as Batman is not the worst thing I've ever seen in no, my life. It's it's Batman's Val Kilmer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. <laughs> no, but I did. Batman like... is that kid from Twilight now. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I, that didn't that look, trailer didn't look looks bad, fantastic. Actually. Yeah, he, he looks like he's honestly going to. Yeah, it's going to kill. He got it's a lot of shit kill. for. He did, but then you know Heath Ledger got shit for yeah, it yeah, yeah. for being the Joker, and even Christian Bale. People were like, he's 22 pounds. How is he going to be Batman? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a belt. It, it it could be you know that that they took it seriously. Like the the it, there's there's no comedy and like Shasti's saying, there's so much more training and mm. realism to this film. That shootout is possibly the most realistic shootout mm. I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's it's like in uh, the the Daredevil show on Netflix. Those fight scenes in that first season are super realistic. Like mm. he gets winded and. You know, he's he. The hits don't just knock somebody out for two hours. Mm-hmm. They go down, they get back up, and you get a lot of that in this movie. You, people don't die immediately from gunshots; they go down. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you get shot in the gut; it's going to take you a while. Mm-hmm. Not and, like uh, last week's Desperado <laughs> with throwing knives. Get, <laughs> <laughs> Trejo learned that lesson the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's. I think that's. I think that's going to do. That's a solid yeah. flick. It's definitely one I can recommend. Yeah, I can too now, for sure. I've seen, I've seen it now. <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah. Um, I think it's time for, for promos here. Now, before we do that, we do have, we do have a, uh, a couple of sponsors this week. Well, really, it's just, just one. But they, <laughs> they, they asked us to read a couple of ads. So Greg's Tomatoes and Tacos 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 are teaming up to bring you the first all-tomato taco. From shell to sauce, it's just tomatoes all the way down. Try yours today for $12 or two for $8,652.33. That's a steal. Our second ad is also from Tacos Tacos Tacos. They'd like to inform you we definitely don't have a dimensional rift in our downtown location allowing murderous beasts from alternate universes loose on Los Altos. That is a rumor. You can't prove anything. So come on down for the best barbecue in the country. Tacos, tacos, tacos. All right. That all tomato taco, man. I'm going to get one now. Or I might go get two. I, I think I have nine grand lying around. There it is. So. Where can we find you, Josh? You can find me on Twitter Same at The Price is Right. That's R I G H T 312. You can find our other podcasts anywhere you listen to podcasts or on our website, thepriceisright.com. That's W R I T E. There you'll also find our articles and listicles on anything and all things storytelling. Speaking of storytelling. Didn't you write a book, Josh? Um, uh, maybe. If I did write a book, I probably would have written a young adult fantasy novel called Reaper, and it would probably be available anywhere online where you buy your books in hardcover, softcover, and ebook. And I think I would like to do an audiobook next year. That's great, Fozzie Bear. 
You tweeted for the first time yesterday. Where can we find that tweet? <laughs> Big Splash 17. Big Splash 17. Come and find me. <laughs> and the master of the mix. Tell us where we can find you and your excellent beats. You guys can find me on Twitter at ShastaGotBams. That's B-A-M-D-Z. Bands, 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 bands. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, do remember to hit us up on Patreon. We got a couple of exclusives there. Um, at certain levels, you can get some pretty cool merch with our logo and a couple of cool photos. Um, we do a couple of exclusive episodes here and there, and you get early access to everything you're listening to today. Thanks for listening, and say goodbye. Doing? I'm talking to an empty telephone. I don't understand. Because there was a dead man on the other end of this fucking line.